Hello, my name is Patricia Rozvora and you're listening to Kitchen Conversations. This podcast aims to open up the mysterious and vague Eastern Bloc to a broader audience. For each episode, I'm inviting one artist or researcher and together we explore the relation, interest and the urgency to create within the framework of the post-Soviet sphere. Here, I also wanted to thank everyone for listening and supporting this podcast. It's very rewarding to see that with every episode, the community is growing, which was, of course, the whole point of this platform. If you're a regular listener, you might want to check out my Patreon page, where you can support my work and help me develop this amazing but time-consuming project. You can do that on patreon.com slash kitchenconversations. Welcome back to Kitchen Conversations. I hope you enjoyed my last episode with Tasha Orlova. Today I'm gonna welcome another Belarusian artist actually. So usually I like to invite people from different areas, different countries to kind of diversify this uh, mysterious and vague Eastern Bloc. But uh, there are some reasons why I decided to invite another Belarusian artist and kind of continue our conversation with Tasha. So one of the reasons is, of course, that I think there's not enough attention on the situation. Uh, we heard about it a year ago when, when it was just starting. But nowadays uh, in the Western media, we really don't hear much about it. And there is still uh, a lot going on. There are still uh, people being detained There's a lot of people uh, imprisoned for very long sentences for just fighting for their country and expressing their opinions. So I think it's worth uh, to speak more about it and give it the attention it doesn't get on other platforms. The other reason is that the situation in Belarus also changed the relations between Belarus and, for example, Poland and other Eastern European uh, countries which are in the European Union. Here I'm thinking about the asylum seekers and refugees who tried crossing the European Union border from the side of Belarus. For those uh, who don't really know what I'm speaking here about, uh, a while ago uh, Lukashenko launched apparently a campaign where he invited people from Afghanistan, Syria, Iraq and so on to come to Belarus on tourist visas, promising them a free way farther towards the European Union. And after those people arrived to Belarus and came closer to the borders of Latvia, Lithuania and Poland, they just got stuck there because the European countries, for example, like Poland, didn't want to let those people in since, as they say, they don't want to play this political game between Belarus, Russia and the European Union. Here again, like many times in history, the situation between the East and the West is letting innocent people die, like it's happening right now at the border. And as mentioned in my previous conversation, it would be good to find similarities between states, systems and so on. And that would, I think, give us a lot of power in understanding each other and helping each other, which at the moment I think is a big issue because instead of understanding each other and helping each other, we are just building walls. 
after this small intro, of course, I would like to introduce uh, my guest for today, Rufina Bazlova. Uh, Rufina is a artist uh, from Belarus, uh, born in Grodno, but currently uh, living and working in Prague in Czech Republic. Rufina holds a master in illustration and graphic design from the University of West Bohemia in Pilsen and a bachelor in stenography from the Academy of Performing Arts in Prague. Apart from creating the white and red Belarusian Vyshevanka, which is by now quite known, uh, and I'm sure many of you have already seen uh, the work of Rufina, she's also creating uh, books, illustrations, art prints, and more of the original embroideries, which are not only the history of Belarus and Vyshevanka, but about all of this, we're going to speak in this episode. So we're going to shed the light on the situation of the political prisoners in Belarus and, of course, speak about Rufina's practice at large and what's next for her in her practice, activist life, and so on. I very warmly invite you to listen to our conversation and please give a big shout out to Rufina Bazlova. Welcome, Rufina, to Kitchen Conversations. Hello, hello. <laughs> nice uh, to good, hear you. Good to have you here. And uh, now you are in Czech Republic, correct? Yeah. Nice. I'm uh, I'm now in Berlin. Mm. Uh, so yeah, we, you were recently in Poland and also uh, in Amsterdam, in the Netherlands. So uh, somehow, yeah, we, we wanted to meet in person, didn't really work out. So now we are here online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully uh, that, that will work out. Yeah, I'm very excited uh, to talk to you because, yeah, I see, as I was telling you, I see your work everywhere and I felt like you're very busy. So I'm super happy that you still found some time to, to meet with me and tell a bit more about you and your work. <laughs> yeah, that's true. A lot of people uh, know uh, your red and white embroideries about the Belarusian revolution and we will speak about it more today, I, I'm hoping. But for the beginning, yeah, I would like to hear a little bit about your background, about uh, what you did so far, about your kind of artistic practice in general. My artistic way started, if I can say, like from the childhood, like all the time I was drawing something and making different things. And studied at uh, art school, the art lyceum. Then I went to Czech Republic to um, Pilsen, uh, to the West Bohemian University um, here to study illustration and sculpture. And I got their uh, master degree uh, from um, illustration. And we had like the the second field uh, that was the sculpture. Yes, and I went to some residences in Poland and then in Greece. And when I was in Greece, I have I had a lot of time, uh, and I was thinking about like what what I want to do. And then I realized that I, I want to to make theater, and I came back to Pilsen, and then I went to study at the Academy of Performing Arts in Prague, uh, where I got the bachelor degree last year. And when I was free of school, <laughs> I decided to to make something um, for myself, like alone, not together with other people. 
and I was thinking about uh, what kind of um, technique and uh, art style um, I enjoyed during all these years. And I remember to this embroidery style. I I worked uh, in this style in 2010. Started working in this uh, style. Yes, and uh, the Vujvanka appeared. <laughs> Shortly, the way was like this. Like mainly, I was studying all the time, and and I was looking for my own style or for what I want to do. And everything is in the process. I cannot say now that. Finally, this is the end. I don't know what will be in the future, so probably I will change the style, probably not. But for for now, I want to stay um, working in this style. All right. And uh, Vishivanka is like a Belarusian uh, name for it? Yes. In Belarusian, there is the name Vishivanka. Mm, this is the name for the special shirt, embroidered shirt. But uh, there is the, this is uh, the name from the, uh, the verb Vishivat which means to embroid. But my series, uh, it's like the word pun, because vishivat means to survive. And there was uh, a very funny story about it. Uh, I was interviewed by a German journalist and uh, she spoke Russian, but she uh, had an accent. <laughs> and she asked, which role does Fijivanga <laughs> place uh, uh, in Belarus, blah, blah, blah. It was so funny. And Yay. I decided to use this mistake because it's really mm, nice and uh, it works. Amazing. And did you encounter this kind of technique before you, you did art? Is it something uh, present in your family or like in general working with textile and sewing and so on? I was thinking about it uh, for a long time and trying to find out the roots of the style in my uh, art style. I remember that my grandma, she sewed and did different works with textile and threads, and she embroidered also. She was really um, good uh, in crafts. And my mom, she's also good, and she's sewing and knitting. And <laughs> I got, I said, okay, <laughs> I got only embroidery, <laughs> but not all these uh, craft things. My grandma and my ma uh, probably affected me in this way but at the same time i felt some orders because when I, when I was a child my mom all the time she said don't touch these threads you will cut them and i cannot use them anymore blah 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 <laughs> it's uh, also it's also uh, um, interesting because the the recent series which you did speaks about like uh, Belarus and the revolution and it was of course mainly led by women and the technique you're using it's quite I think um, in, in history you know uh, used by women right like women were sewing and kind of making clothes and uh, embroidering so I think it works really well with the whole uh, political uh, situation as well. Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, like usually when I explain the, um, the series, I talk about women in the past when they could not read and write and uh, the embroidery and the crafts, the, that was the only way Language how to now. code, yeah. yes, yes, how to code the, the life <laughs> and how to speak, actually, and how to li live the information. Yeah, definitely. 
Yes, and you know, when I visited this uh, um, museum in Lovic, uh, they showed me a skirt embroidered by a, a woman uh, in the 1933 or 35. And it was funny because they gave her the letters, but <laughs> she she didn't know how to use it, how to write exactly, and she mirrored it. So <laughs> it was uh, embroidered in the wrong way. And it was funny. Oh, wow. And it, it actually depicts that they tried to, but they didn't know how, and they used it in embroidery. In their own way, kind of, no? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious actually how um, how is the process uh, of your work since like the the drawings uh, like the illustrations you create are very specific and very meticulous I would say yeah I'm curious like how you start are you like first drawing it or sketching it or yeah <laughs> uh, uh, from the very beginning I sketched it on the millimeter paper mm-hmm. by hand with the pencil. Uh, and then I embroider it, and then I scan it, the embroidery, and then I uh, like um, I made post production in Photoshop, uh, so right. to make it more flat, the drawing, the effect, more the drawing. Of. Yes, <laughs> but it was super long process. And actually, the first work I embroidered in 2012, uh, the comics on the dress, Jeanne was made in this way. But last year, I realized that events are super fast and they have to be fast also. And I tried to not to to, to embroider it, but to start directly making um, these motifs uh, on computer. So okay. mostly of uh, graphics are digital graphics and some of them are embroidered and some of them exist in printed, um, like since silkscreen print edition. Ah, all right. So the, it's not everything uh, kind of physically embroidered on the textile. No, 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 no. Only some of the pictures. Be- yeah, because it's would... really t- time consuming. No, exactly. I was thinking like, are you like day and night just like embroidering and sewing? Because <laughs> you're making no, so I many illustrations. No, I was doing it like in, in, you know, in, in 2012, I, I did it. And um, after all these works like hours and actually I was embroidering three or four months almost not stopping all the time from morning to the evening and um, I got the burning of uh, my hand blisters I think it's called right so that's yeah. why also I don't want really to um, to embroider everything I have because I'm scared about my health no, definitely. Somehow, but sometimes I do. If I have time and uh, I want, I do. And what is the what is the name of the whole um, red and white uh, series? The history of Belarusian Vizhivanka. Uh, and is there like an end to it? Do you think it will ever finish the series? <laughs> yes, that's the question. I think yes, because actually now I have a new uh, name for the next series. I don't know exactly what will be there, but I like the name. And this is, um, it doesn't have to be Belarusian, but it could be only Vizivanka. It means like challenge. Vizov is a challenge to make a challenge. <laughs> something that is challenging you to, to make something. Vizivanka to speak or Vizivanka to act and so on. Interesting. Curious. Just calling forward for do something. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, yes, still about the the kind of theory which is still going on now. I I would like to know. I mean, obviously you are um, inspired by the the history or the recent history of Belarus and everything which was happening in the past year. Uh, but I'm I'm curious how you gathered like your your information or like the the inspiration for the motifs. Was it like from the news, from people's stories? from things you saw by yourself? Uh, mostly it's from the internet, from um, news, newspapers, or from viral videos. For example, Nina Baginskaya kicked uh, the policeman or the viral video of Taxi Saver and others. Was the idea to kind of create like a chronology of the events? In the beginning, yes. I wanted to make the, the comics uh, of chronologic uh, events. But then there were so many and I didn't have uh, resources all the time. So some meaningful events I didn't make yet. Probably I will once. So now it's just a collection of pictures. <laughs> but uh, you could read it uh, chronologically, but not all important events are there. But And not all important people are there yet. Yeah, I mean, there was so many, right? It's like difficult for you to, of course, trace everything. Yes, yes. And it also depends on my time and uh, on my uh, health. Definitely. And when you started it, like, what was the idea for who are you making it? Like, who is the audience actually of this work? You know, I still cannot answer the question. <laughs> Because uh, I thought first... This is for Belarusians, but then I realized that not. It's more for um, people abroad who don't know about uh, the situation so much. So it's like a newspaper for them. But then again, I realized, oh no, but uh, Belarusians, they like it and they support it and I can support them. But after that, again, I said, okay, it doesn't work. <laughs> it's not the right stylization for, for uh, you know, inviting or calling banners and posters. And when Belarusians write, they uh, usually want to use the picture of the cockroach, the resting cockroach, and yeah. not other pictures. And I said, aha, so they're not interested in these pictures, in other, but Again, uh, the people people from abroad there are more interested in interested in pictures with DJs, for example, or others. It's it's hard to say. I don't know. Yeah. It's it, probably it's more about Belarus than for Belarus. Yeah, that I, I don't think know. That we will see. It's in the progress. So your work was being shown and is still like in various places, especially I think in the most biggest yeah, like European cities uh, you were exhibiting your work, also like in public spaces, but also in galleries and you were part of like bigger shows. Uh, were you also mm -hmm. able to, to be part of like shows uh, in Belarus? Is like actually art still happening there? Like what is the situation of artists in Belarus at the moment? Some of exhibitions and uh, events are still going on, but at the same time, many artists are gone. Like they had to to move from the country. For example, Alex Pushkin is detained, and uh, Irderat, the music music band, they're also detained mm, and like under the criminal case. Actually, it's I don't know how to answer because. 
I don't live there for a long time. <laughs> and uh, I haven't been living in Belarus for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I cannot tell you about the art scene in Belarus now because I haven't been living here uh, for a long time and I don't know exactly what is going on there from inside. I cannot see it. And uh, yeah, I'm curious, uh, since your work is now like everywhere, I'm curious how, how you feel about that. <laughs> um, it's an image of me, you know. <laughs> because personally, me lives my little life in my flat <laughs> <laughs> in Prague. And uh, all this series uh, lives its life uh, everywhere. Mm, yes, I think I started traveling more and uh, giving more <laughs> interviews. Uh, yes, and I realized I have a voice, actually. So I have to use it uh, in the right way, somehow. And I have to keep going, speaking about the situation in Belarus. Because people um, want to hear it with this embroidery style. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I feel a bit confused actually, <laughs> because from one side it's a pleasure uh, to have the popularity, and from another side, uh, all the time I feel guilty uh, due to people in Belarus that, um, like you know, I'm enjoying my life here, but uh, there people are tortured and detained and oppressed somehow. Yes, it's complicated. <laughs> Difficult, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's why I also yeah, I was wondering. But I guess I I think your work, since it got so so big, it really like made people aware also of the situation. I hope. What What do you think are like people? Do you do you see that people are more interested in the whole uh, situation? Are they like more willing to help? Maybe a right to to the people letters who are detained? How do you see that? Yes, you know, and this is a very interesting uh, uh, case about it. I realized one thing, that some people who were not interested in the situation in Belarus and actually the political situation, for example, they don't like to see on the pictures with the blood and the brutality videos and so on. And these people are on crafts. So through this nice actually because embroiders are nice <laughs> nice works they could know more about the political situation in belarus and this is the way how the style works actually it it could bring to the problem other people who haven't been interested in the problem before and some kind i'm pr- proud of that <laughs> maybe <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a really good uh, good point. I didn't think about it, but you're you're right. Like embroidery really uh, kind of associates with something like very nice and like very gentle. Kind of we could say for everyone, but uh, yeah, you you really kind of use it in a very different way almost. And you do show very like traumatic and very like horrible situations, right? But st- since the technique is so gentle. Maybe it's like yes. easier to to approach than like images of actually violence and videos. Yes, 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 yes. I I think it works like this. 
And uh, yeah, I, as we were before uh, we started recording, we were speaking about Instagram posts that it always takes so long to make like a good post. <laughs> and uh, your Instagram uh, is like your main platform, right? That's where you share most most of yes. your works. Yes. And uh, yeah, I really, <laughs> I really really like that. Like you actually put like a lot of uh, time in the descriptions and you use both English and I think Belarusian or Russian. I'm not sure Russian. because I don't, sp it's Russian. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. You kind of take time to also have the English there. Uh, so since I, when I was preparing for, for the interview, I was kind of going through your whole Instagram and it almost gave me like the whole, um, Yeah, the whole kind of uh, journey of of your work and also of the of the revolution. So thanks mm -hmm. that you're also uh, yeah writing everything or most of it in English. I think it's great that uh, that people can actually get into the events and it's not only the image but it's also so much history and information with it. Actually, because I was thinking about like. Is it for Belarusians or it's about Belarusians? So if it's about, so it has to be in English. But then I said, okay, but maybe there are some Belarusians who are really interested. And uh, sometimes I got some, when I made the post only uh, in English, they wrote, and where is the translation? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. So uh, then I decided to make it both. And uh, so now uh, it's... Um a year since uh, the forged elections and the beginning um, of everything which which is happening still in Belarus. And how do you see kind of the the difference in how people also perceive your work and in general the kind of atmosphere surrounding all these uh, events in Belarus? A year ago, it's, it was much more popular. And one thing I cannot uh, know for sure, but I think some of the followers, they like uh, unfollowed me because of the protection of themselves, uh, even that I'm <laughs> not uh, in criminal case somehow. Um, but maybe they decided to, to, to do it because of that, but I'm not sure. But uh, from other side, I think it's the same. Like people writing nice comments uh, and writing personal messages, but not that much in, as in the beginning. You know, in the beginning it was crazy. What What is like the um, the future for for Belarus? Is a big question, but uh, it's always I think interesting to to know from someone who is actually from there and like close to the events, like. Yeah, how are the people acting now? Is 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 there still energy to kind of fight? Now uh, there is the press strike time in Belarus, so the strike is preparing, and they proclaimed one week ago that there is the press strike situation. And the future, oh, for sure, the Belarus will be free, but when and um, and how, I don't know. But anyway, uh, when Lukashenko is gone, there will be a lot of work for Belarusians. Mm. And we have to, to learn to understand each other and to hear each other and to respect each other and to stand uh, on your principles. And like really very much work is waiting. <laughs> 
I would like to also ask you about the difference, perhaps how you see yourself. Are you an artist or more an activist? Or did you ever like intend to be a political artist? <laughs> no. <laughs> Suddenly it happened. Okay, sometimes I did political artworks, but uh, I cannot define myself as a political artist. Okay, on Instagram it's written art- artivist, but it's because of the series. I think I'm more artist than political artist, like in general, because I'm interested in different fields and different topics and not only politics. But at the same time, the question is, what's the politic, you know? Politics affects our lives. Probably uh, almost every work and every speech uh, could be political. Really, this is the question. What do you mean by saying politic works? Yeah, I agree. If you think about it, definitely. Are you like in some way afraid that if you start doing now like a different work with a different uh, aesthetics that people are not gonna appreciate as much as this this, uh, this series? Or are you thinking about that? Yes, I'm thinking and um, I think it will come, but we'll see. Sometimes I, I put some pictures that are not connected to the political situation so much. And these pictures are not so popular, you know. But uh, it's it's only the situation on Instagram. And that's not the world, of course. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, and, you know, once I was like worrying about that. And then I said, but okay, uh, <laughs> it's my Instagram it's my Instagram and I can post there anything I want and people uh, are following me because they want, because they like it. If they don't, they will gone and other people will come or uh, if other people will not come. So these people who will stay there, uh, they really appreciate what I do and that's fine. Not so stop worrying about that. Come on. Very good. Recently, uh, I think also on Instagram, you were sharing the stories, asking people mm-hmm. about opinions, like if they would like to take part in this kind of collective uh, embroidering. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I wanted to ask you uh, about that, since like I think embroidering can be also a very like group activity. I was wondering how you think about it and if you're planning to, to do something more performative, since you also studied uh, uh, performance right so I wonder if you if you somehow th- are thinking of connecting those two in the future this project uh, I was asking on my stories <laughs> uh, it's in a process and it's like the collective work but at the same personal work because the new project is about political prisoners in Belarus and I would like to make portraits of each and invite people to take part in this project and to embroider this portrait. So you will spend your time, your energy, uh, and thinking about um, the, the, the one um, person that who is in jail now. And uh, then we collect all these embroideries and see you together in one quilt. And we want to, to show it uh, and to show works, works in progress and to tell more uh, and more about certain people 
uh, in jail and uh, the situation in Belarus and to light the problem somehow because you know now uh, there are other problems and, uh, and the situation in Belarus I think that mainly people from Belarus are talking about it but it's not so popular it, it uh, as it was a year ago so uh, we have to keep speaking about it and this project is actually the way how to show how many people are tortured because of the truth. I really like the idea that you kind of spent more time with it because it's like very time consuming and then you, if yes. you do like if if you embody one portrait you're really thinking about this person and like giving them your your thoughts and your time. I think it's very special and valuable to use yes. the technique in mm -hmm. this way. And at the same time when people the person will get um, the sketch the instruction how to embroider and at the same time they will get the information uh, how to write letters to this person who is in jail and how to communicate with them if it's possible uh, through um, internet platforms and we would like to uh, collaborate with them so we're talking about it now with the platforms so Mm, it's not only uh, about the making the embroidery, but about the communication. The communication directly with the person in jail and the communication uh, between uh, people engaged in the, the project and the communication between the audience and the artwork presented in the gallery or other art space. Amazing. Yeah, I'm hoping uh, it will come go through and... Uh that it will yeah happen just follow the instagram and we will uh, public some uh, closer information when we are ready i think it will be in the spring probably but Next i cannot year. say for sure now and for the very ending i always uh, like to speak about food Ooh. and from you <laughs> i would like to hear uh, what's your uh, favorite food from home I'm not sure where your home is, if it's Czech Republic or Belarus, <laughs> but uh, yeah. My favorite food, you know, um, the soup, it's not actually borscht, uh, but it's quite similar. Um, and it's made from... Sauerkraut? Yeah, sauerkraut. I didn't know there is a special name for this uh, like, yeah. <laughs> meal. <laughs> sauerkraut, yes. So this is the soup from sauerkraut. Is it red? Or... No, yes. No, no, no. You know, borscht is red, red, but yeah. she, they're not. Because in huh. borscht you, you use uh, beetroot. Normal, no, normal. Uh, yes, yes, these two and normal, normal cabbage. Not usually, ah, yeah. but my mom, my mom, my mom does. But in she, they sew uh, sauerkraut actually. Ah. So it's different kind of the soup, but yes, and the taste is different. But in what? Czech Republic, they use uh, the soup is similar, but they use uh, mm, the cream. But my mom, she doesn't, and it like uh, they they call it kisanka in Czech mm -hmm, Republic. In Czech Republic. Yes. 
So actually, I just like the uh, sucrose. Yes. <laughs> is it also with like potatoes and some vegetables inside? Yes, 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 yes. The classic soup with vegetables classic and soup. potatoes. But uh, the main ingredient is sauerkraut. I will learn new word. Exactly. Perfect. <laughs> sauerkraut. Sauerkraut. Rufina, is there anything uh, you would like to share for the very ending of this um, episode? I think yes. I'm sorry for my English, I have to say. <laughs> I have to practice more. So thank you for inviting me <laughs> for this conversation. <laughs> I mean, the podcast, it's all about different accents and different uh you know, ways of speaking in English. So it's, I think, um, it's part of it. And I think the, the listeners will enjoy it anyway. So I think it was all good. I enjoyed it. I think I learned a lot from you and uh, definitely added to, to your work and to everything you do. So, to, so thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Today I've made a post about like that I don't like to speak. <laughs> I think that's my art uh, speaks itself. <laughs> so oh I actually I don't like to speak but here you could hear uh, the interview <laughs> and this was it for today thank you for reaching till the end of this episode I will see you next time with another great artist and speaker. And as mentioned at the beginning, you can support this podcast via Patreon on patreon.com slash kitchenconversations or alternatively, you can also help me develop this platform by making a one-time donation, following my Instagram account or leaving a comment on one of the podcast players. All of the needed links are placed in the show notes of this episode. Take good care. Until next time.